0: Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and let them just talk about anything and everything. So we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going?
1: Going out, going well, Nate. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. It's uh, Easter week, Super Bowl week for pastors. Holy week. You got a lot going on today?
1: Um well, I'd like to have a lot going on, but it's been raining and so everything is uh we've had some flash flood warnings here. Ooh. So Sounds, sounds like fun. I, yeah, a lot of what I had planned is on hold. Um so we're uh, I'm trying to fill the time with uh Less important, busy work.
0: Gotcha. Well, um, yeah, it's a a busy one this week. I know lots of people are doing Good Friday and Easter eggs and um, Sunday morning worship. So, hey, I I had something to start us off this week. I saw on the Internet. So it's got to be awesome, you know. Have you seen the the (laughs) Chinese game show host who uh, had a contest? eating what, what they're calling candy floss, which to me is cotton candy. Uh, candy floss sounds like an yeah. oxymoron because a dentist would not want you to use it. No. no. Uh, but anyway. My dentist doesn't
1: even really like that Teflon stuff. He says that Teflon stuff doesn't do anything. You got to get that corded stuff so that it makes that little squeaky sound when you clean your teeth. So he's, he's vicious about flossing. He makes, wow. use, he makes me use the cheap stuff. I found makes- those
0: little picks, and they have them, like, <laughs> they're like a toothpick on one end, and then they've got yeah. it, like, strung between two little plastic pieces. Yep. And I keep those in my car those. and everywhere. But, yep. hey, um, so I saw this video, and it's it's like a, one of those internet sensations. It's a Chinese game show host, and okay. they were going to have the host. It's a man and a woman, young man and young woman. They were going to have them have a, a candy floss eating contest. A- and so... It's, it's just hilarious because the man, he takes, you know, you've got the little, you got the cotton candy and it's mm-hmm. on the cone and he takes it and he starts doing what we all do, eating like corn on the cob, you know, just eating it like that. The right. woman, she grabs the candy floss with her hand in one motion, throws the tube out. You don't even see the tube drop. This is how fast she does it. And she shoves the whole thing in her mouth, and in four seconds, it's gone. And she puts just this cute little smug grin and just like, Yeah, I just owned you at this. And I don't even know if what she did was legal or not. But that is, <laughs> that's not what I want to talk about. about okay. It. What I want to talk about is I went down to the comments, which I rarely do. Because comments will drive you nuts. Um, and the very first comment was this guy who says, there was a little article with it and He says, this is fake news. This is false reporting. Because the article says that this video has captured the imagination of the entire world. How can you prove that? <laughs> That's the first That's the, comment. The and first comment. It, I'm thinking, first of all, okay, it's been shared a hundred million times. So I don't know if that's going too far out on a limb. Yeah. But then the, the other thing is, is this where we are in the polarization of our nation? That <clears throat> yeah. A funny video where this girl like a boss just owns this dude <laughs> and candy, cotton candy eating becomes a political argument about news reporting.
1: Yes, that is and where I we think are in the world. That's a great
0: place to jump in to talk about uh, the idea of this dichotomy that we've created of the us and the them and the villains, how we make other people into villains, and yeah. maybe what it means to be the church in the midst of that. So, right. that all came from cotton candy eating. Are you impressed by that? <laughs> I'm, I'm I am. kind of impressed with myself. Honestly. That was
1: a nice uh, little red thread running through, um, yeah, there you go. through everything. Uh, yeah, that's where we are. We've we we can not uh, we can't have a conversation. Um, even I've noticed that uh that sometimes I can't even have a conversation with somebody that I'm agreeing with without yeah. them saying no, 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 and I'm like, why are you saying no, no, no before you agree
0: with me? It's like, the conditioned response, it's dude.
1: built in. We say no, 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 I don't think you understand what I'm saying, and then they repeat to me. It, almost exactly what I just said. Exactly. Like, so, <laughs> did you just show up to argue? I like why? Why are we always fighting about everything? And it's and we are. We're very conditioned to do that. I think there's a uh, we're we we want things. I think probably the empire wants everything verbatim. Right. And when it's not verbatim, it's not uniform. Um, that, I think that's the biggest issue. We we're confusing uniformity and unity yeah you know for years we've done that we've we said no it all has to be the same and so the words coming out of your mouth have to be the same words coming out there's no real room for interpretation uh there's no and so we've we've moved for uniformity and lost unity in the midst because now we don't know how to exist or coexist within diversity
0: Um, yeah do you think we as the church sometimes create that. I'm thinking oh, about services where yes. we say, we're going to target this audience. If you're not this demographic that we're trying to reach, then then hey, you know that's what our church is about. So we can't please everyone. But I think sometimes we push that uni- uh, uniformity on people. The other thing, I had a really interesting uh, class in Christian ethics. And my professor, uh, Dr. McCormick, said this. I thought it was interesting how Facebook and social media are conditioning this in that the algorithms set you up to be around people you already agree with. And so how our technology is driving us further into silos. And yeah. so we're we're seeing we're high-fiving each other and and then unless we go out seeking to argue which a lot of people do, but um we don't see the other side of the argument. And so I think a great seminar, and we may do one here at Community in the fall or something, a great seminar would be uh, how to argue like a Christian. Because we're not going to agree on everything, but I think there's ways for us to uh, talk to each other rather than around each other. And what I've seen more and more is just people will just write you off and just leave. Like they just won't be around you
1: anymore. (laughs) Well, I think probably, you know, the Internet, television, media uh, has informed the world that we have options.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so,
1: yeah, part of that siloed thing is that we didn't know that there was an option, that there were people like, who thought like us. So we tended to just conform to the people we were near. And proximity was, was what formed our relationships, not, not like-mindedness. And uh, and so and we had no choice. Transportation um, over the last 150 years has uh, developed to the point where we just don't have to be together if we don't want to. We can we can get away from each other and we can do it relatively cheaply.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you think about, you know, back in the day, even 100 years ago, you know, I've I've been to the Caribbean on cruises. You know, you've been places that you're grandparents and great grandparents I mean it would take days months (laughs) years Um, and so people just move away from their family Um, so they they see all kinds of other points of view which I think is great because it teaches us about diversity Um, but yeah it used to be that you kind of like you said you lived amongst the people that you were with yeah and uh, and, but you can also get away from people which is uh, I think what you're saying there
1: now you yeah now you can now you can get away from each other pretty easily. Um, you can leave the community that you were a part of. Used to that was a big adventurous thing to do. Now it's expected.
0: Right. Or um, if you were shunned from the community, it was the end of your world. Now you just go hang out with somebody else. Now,
1: now you just go find a, a community of shunned people. And hang yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's kind of a and you can find them because we have the internet. We have. Uh, we have n- media outlets that give us information that we didn't have access to before, and so yeah, the dichotomies are are um when whenever they're not uh functioning to support the empire's agenda, you know they uh make us buy more stuff, spend more money on transportation or or you know set ourselves apart with with fashion or uh or accessories or something of that nature. Um, whenever it's not functioning, you know people actually get paid to go on college campuses and stir up fights. Really? Like there, there are, there. Yeah, like, it's it's crazy that uh, I, I was hearing about it the other day here at uh, in town that uh, there were some. There was a guy on campus and he was stirring up trouble, and come to find out, he had been paid to be there. I didn't get the whole story, but I thought, how crazy? Who would pay somebody to go stir up trouble, and for what reason? But the agendas are varied, and dichotomies actually function for uh, for for the empire and and for the economy in a lot of ways. Because uh, when people are when there's unrest and when there's frustration, you know, people think they need to go purchase something to make it better. Uh, if only if it only feeds a need in their own you know there's a lot of folks who are addicted to buying oh yeah uh, have stuff yeah. they don't they don't even need um because spending is exciting somehow right. so it's a, I, I i don't know i think i think there are, if we delve far enough into this and we spend enough time which i'm sure psychologists or scientists somewhere or anthropologists are studying these things but I think we probably will discover the interconnectedness of all these things is far deeper than we than we even imagine as of yet
0: so as the church um, so how do we how do we begin to to talk to each other in spite of our differences how do we begin to live in community um, in a world that's super polarized um yeah
1: i think i think the problem is is that uh, is agenda um the church seems to think sometimes i know that i have at, at times and and even led the church in this way sometimes uh that we need to have an agenda but uh uh, and that agenda is, you know, some uh, conversions or some goal-oriented kind of thing, uh, and and Jesus didn't give us like uh, the agenda he gave us was love your neighbor,
0: right? Yeah, and, and so
1: <laughs> you know we're not well, you know, what's the strategy for love? I, I don't know what your strategy for love is, but I, my strategy is I gotta go. I gotta go back to the source as often as possible, if I'm going to love. And so Leonard Sweet says we have we don't have an ADD disorder. We have a JDD disorder in the church. We have a Jesus deficiency disorder. Um, we're developing strategies and plans when we really ought to be leaning more heavily on Jesus.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it goes back to that image of God, the, the Trinitarian image of God. I think it can be grounded in communion, the idea of of us you know, sharing the body of Christ. And I also think that our, our salvation is kind of somewhat too limited because I, I like to say, you know, we believe in universal salvation, but we're not universalists. In other words, salvation is for everyone. And so that person, even that my enemy, I think that's where Jesus gets to. Ultimately, my enemy, I can pray for my enemy because I see the image of God in even my enemy. And I think you're right. The source, we have to be sourced to be able to do that. Um, We can't will that. Um, We have to to be living in God. And I think living in community. I think we have to fight for community so we don't just leave. So so we stay and we argue it out and we sit down and we break bread together and we sit over tables and we, we say, I don't agree with you on this, but I know you and I love you and I will... I, bel- I will see the Jesus in you. The Jesus in you yeah. won't quarrel with the Jesus yeah. in me. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that's the Palm Sunday message is do you see Jesus for who he is or do you see him through your Pharisee lens of legalism or your uh, Sadducee lens of capitulation with the powers that be or do you see uh, do you see it through the lens of the zealot who just thinks we need to kill all the bad guys and then we'll have peace? Yeah. Uh, violence brings peace. Um, there are the Essenes who just want to run away and they right. just go hide. You know, I mean, so there's all these agendas, or the Roman Empire's agenda. What what agendas are are we using to to as lenses to look at Jesus, and what kind of king do we expect him to be? And he shows up, and he's not a king like any of those agendas would predict. He's the he lays down his life. God, a God who gives God's self away.
0: One of my interns this week preached. And uh, he said this. I thought it was really good. He said um, that Jesus loves us in spite of us misunderstanding who He is. <laughs> so we should love yeah. others in spite of them misunderstanding <laughs> who we are. Yeah. Made, I mean, that's when I'm a sophomore yeah. in college. That's good stuff. Dre, that's really shout good. Out to Dre, right there. Way to there go, you Dre. go. Way to
1: go, Dre. It's not about rightness. Yeah. Like if it's about rightness, then we're all lost. There's no hope for any of us. Because, I mean, it's like, can you imagine? Like out here at the high school, we live across the street from the high school. There's a there's a, a practice field where the band practices, and they have this really tall tower where the band director sits up on this tall tower so he can see the whole the whole thing, and he's got a better vantage point to see if the lines are straight and if the the formations are in where they're supposed to be. Yeah, can I've been in imagine? that band. And I have I've you, had
0: that band director yelling at me from yeah. the tower. I, I know what you're talking. About.
1: Can you imagine if a kid put down his instrument and starts screaming at the tower? You don't know.
0: You can't <laughs> see.
1: You know, like, like it would be just silly for us. To, and, and but that's what we do. We keep taking the the pen out of God's hand and trying to write our own story
0: here. And, when when you said you can't see, I just watched a few good men again. All I can see is you can't <laughs> handle the truth. <laughs> Sorry. You want me on that wall. <laughs> you need me on that wall. <laughs> we digress. But yeah. yeah, we often try to try to take the pen out of God's hand. So um another thing that I, I recently, you know, what we talked about last week is just taking that that posture of listening. Um that, that may help yeah. us in this dichotomy. But definitely. I think the first thing is that we we have to realize that the villain is our brother. Um, because oh, yeah, or sister, we, we always want to make villains. And I've seen that mm-hmm. in my own life. I, you know, once somebody gets on your bad side, it's easy just to see every negative thing that they do and they yeah. become the villain to you. And, uh, and yet that's a child of God. Yeah. And, and a am. child of God, Jesus has redeemed, whether they've acknowledged that or whether they've received that kind sure. of forgiveness. Yeah,
1: Sure. Absolutely, the the one of the greatest graphics I've ever seen. uh, That kind of just you know how sometimes like an image will just stick in your mind and it becomes a paradigm for you. Um, I uh, I just was you know on the internet one day and I was uh, I was looking at some artists and uh, because I just enjoy perusing their their work. Uh, There's a site called Artist a Day, and I just they send me a link to. Different artists, and they say, uh, um, so you can just check out their artwork and see what they're up to, and maybe find a, a gallery where they're showing. And um, and so that's what I was doing. And there was this uh, this image uh, of it was kind of a cartoony kind of image of this little man stitching a giant uh, the word us and the word them, and they were much larger than him. And he was on top of the the lettering and he had a big needle and some thread and he was he was finishing up stitching us and them together so it had been he had sewn them together so it was no longer us and them it was just one thing and uh i think that's that's where the church needs to find itself always bringing us and them together so that we are one Um, that's what we find i mean jesus you know uh, in ephesians tells us that that Jesus came to uh, make the Jews and the Gentiles one.
0: Right. Well, you know? ultimately, it just becomes us then, right? Yeah.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not, there's no them anymore. It's us. Yeah. Even even when us are not acting the way we should, um, it's still us. It's like you ever go to Walmart and you ask, you say, hey, do you guys have any of these? And they said, I don't know if they have any. And it's a kid, you know, wearing a blue schmock. And, and they say...
0: And you know go ahead and look. It.
1: And I'm like, well, who's
0: Who's yeah. they? Who are who's they? Who's they? Yeah.
1: You're they. You got the schmock on. It says Walmart on your chest. You, you, go, you
0: go. You look anyway because you know they have no clue what they're talking about. Right? Yeah, you just, you just. <laughs>
1: never mind. Never mind.
0: <laughs> hey, man. Well, I think we got some good stuff today. Um, man, happy Easter. Uh, we're about 20 minutes in, and I think that's where we wanted to keep these things. So, uh, one thing about Easter that you love and and then I'll uh I'll let you go.
1: One thing that I love about Easter? Yes. Um egg hunts. I like egg hunts. Um but I don't like the chaos of 400 children running into a field with you know, I don't like any of that, but but I like uh I just like um you know how the church uh, finds ways, creative ways to love on its neighborhoods during this time of year. Um, I wish we could behave that way all the time without the agenda of putting butts in the seats. Yeah. Or or the agenda was just, hey, we love you.
0: Right. I'm kind of the same way. One of the things I love about Easter is, um, you know, some people get, well, these people just come to church at Christmas and Easter. I'm like, man, at Easter, there's always an opportunity for new life. Yeah. I remember last year we had a guy who didn't come till the week after Easter because he didn't want to be one of those people, and then he gave <laughs> his heart to the Lord like the next Tuesday. <laughs> but but I, I don't begrudge that at all. I, I, I believe God is always constantly awakening people, and at Easter is a time where, where we tend to remember, hey, resurrection uh, can happen. Sometimes we look around and don't believe it can, uh, but we see it all around us in the flowers and things that are coming up. And uh, Sure we do. We believe it can happen in our lives. Man, I hope you have a blessed Easter. I know you guys are going to be outside, so I pray that you'll have good weather. And uh, pray for us as well. We'll, we'll see you next yeah. week. All right, take care. All right, see you. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.